This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Thank you for joining us. This short video is part of a master teacher series and features Dr. David Wessel. In the following video, he will discuss clinical insights related to the use of nitric oxide. David, as you know, uh, our colleagues uh, Jeff Feynman and Steve Schwartz and prior World Share Practice Forums have spoken to us a great deal about pulmonary hypertension and uh, evidence-based literature to guide treatments of the patient with pulmonary hypertension. But you did uh, really the foundational research on inhaled nitric oxide in the pediatric patient with pulmonary hypertension. What, what special lessons uh, should we all know about inhaled nitric oxide uh, in the pediatric patient? Well, I've seen both of those forum presentations and they're excellent. And so I'm not gonna uh, try to uh, cover uh, the principles that have been outlined there. I think uh, the, the therapies that were described and the treatment algorithms are, are outstanding. Uh, I did want to point out a couple of uh, hazards. We know that inhaled nitric oxide, because it's a selective vasodilator in this patient population of children with heart disease, is enormously helpful. Although I do need to point out that it's still not a drug that has a labeled indication in children. Yes, in newborns with hypoxemic respiratory failure, but there's not a labeled indication, in large part because we haven't been able to come to agreement with the Food and Drug Administration uh, on the endpoint, uh, the Food and Drug Administration feels strongly that we should have a randomized trial with no opportunity to take a patient with pulmonary hypertension who has congenital heart disease, who's being treated with a placebo standard therapy, and ever give them inhaled nitric oxide, even as a rescue therapy in that branch of the, of the, uh, of the randomization. And uh, frankly, the practitioners are reluctant to randomize children who have pulmonary hypertension to therapy that prevents them from ever getting inhaled nitric oxide. And so we haven't been able to do the studies and the drug is not labeled for use in children with heart disease beyond the newborn period. But having said that, we know as a selective vasodilator, it's enormously uh, useful, especially in the early postoperative period to uh, attenuate pulmonary hypertensive crisis. There are a couple of really important limitations of the drug that I want to point out. Number one, in the newborn, especially the asphyxiated newborn, where we as consultants may be called up to the newborn intensive care unit for a patient they're worried about having persistent pulmonary hypertension of the newborn, where nitric oxide might be a good drug, we have to make sure that the echocardiogram that is done, which typically shows shunting right to left across the PDA, is not because the left ventricle is failing. So in an asphyxiated newborn, you may have marked left ventricular dysfunction, that LVEDP rises, and that gives a kind of reflex elevation in pulmonary vascular resistance that feeds back on the right ventricle, which is working well and if the ductus is open, then that's terrific because the blood from the right ventricle, it's blue, but it goes right to left across the ductus and it supports the systemic circulation. 
So now that right ventricle is supporting both the pulmonary blood flow and then the systemic circulation across the ductus arteriosus. What happens if you take that patient with a failing left ventricle, give them nitric oxide to breathe, and that pulmonary vascular resistance beautifully relaxes, and the right ventricular output now goes to the lungs and not to the body. We have seen cardiovascular collapse almost immediately after the initiation of inhaled nitric oxide in the patient with the right ventricular dependent systemic circulation. So be very, very careful as cardiac consultants that we point out that right to left ductal shunning and yes, systemic pressure in the PA is not PPHN if the LV is not working. So that's one point. There's another point that uh, I think merits uh, discussion in that patients with heart disease or those with cardiomyopathies that have big dilated hearts and left ventricular dysfunction and high left atrial pressure, they're often tested with inhaled nitric oxide in the cath lab to see if they have reactive pulmonary vasculature or are candidates for heart transplantation, that the PVR goes down enough to be a heart transplant candidate. But if you leave nitric oxide on those patients for a prolonged time, you'll see that in many cases, the pulmonary capillary wedge pressure actually rises. So you've unloaded that right ventricle. It feels better. It tries to put more blood through the lungs. It fills an already completely distended, dilated, and incapable left ventricle, incapable of doing more work and more filling. And so the wedge pressure rises and they get pulmonary edema. So one has to be very careful about sustained use of inhaled nitric oxide in a patient with a large dilated cardiomyopathy and pulmonary wedge. We actually conducted a study uh, some years ago, not realizing this scenario and situation. But then during the study, we recognized that some of the patients uh, with elevated left atrial pressures, wedge pressures, were having trouble even during the initial administration of nitric oxide with wedge pressures, pulmonary edema, and there were two incidents of cardiac arrest. And we had to alter the study to eliminate cardiomyopathy patients from the remainder of the study. So those are just two important things to keep in mind. The final thing that I think everyone knows now is that abrupt withdrawal of nitric oxide can contribute to a, a rebound or a withdrawal response. And that's really how we got into the business of testing sildenafil for use in pulmonary hypertension to prevent that withdrawal. Uh, but the sildenafil saga is a whole nother story for another time. Uh, could I follow up? Um, what is your weaning, your preferred weaning strategy if an uh, infant's been on inhaled nitric oxide for four or five days? How quickly would you wean it down? Well, I think uh, the weaning protocols vary in different units and different institutions. And I'm not sure we uh, can say absolutely that there's one very best one, but I think over the course of typically three to four hours uh, for a patient who's been on for a few days, uh, one can wean from, uh, from 20 to 10 to five to one and then off. But when you turn the nitric oxide off, uh, I think people need to be near the bedside and be thinking about it and watch the response. Uh, if there's an abrupt deterioration, then you need to turn the nitric oxide back on and uh, tr uh, try it more gingerly. Or 
uh, you can consider giving sildenafil to attenuate the withdrawal response. Uh, and that, of course, is uh, in the context of a more sophisticated and comprehensive view of what's going on with this patient. Uh, we don't know uh, quite as much as we'd like about the etiology of the rebound, why it appears in some patients more than others. It does seem to be a little bit related to the amount of time the patient gets the nitric oxide, but not completely. And so there's a lot more to investigate there, a lot more to understand, and people like Jeff Feynman have a lot of insight into uh, what the mechanism there is in the withdrawal to inhaled nitric oxide response that we see. Thank you for viewing this case reflection on the use of nitric oxide by Dr. David Wessel. If you would like to see additional case discussions by Dr. Wessel, please view them on the Open Pediatrics website. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.